0: LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. On 1620 The Zone. Yeah, he was bumbling. O'Connell
1: gets the snap, throws in a flat pass, caught. Jones, Touchdown. And Purdue now opens up a 13-point lead. The 11th catch of the game by Charlie
2: Jones. Hour number two, severe reaction on 16-20, the zone. And it would stay at 13 because of a missed extra point, which allowed Nebraska to score and then get within six, but, of course, couldn't get the ball back. Fourth down play, Aiden O'Connell, a little juke in, gains three yards, gets the first down. Uh, Nebraska can't get the ball back in order to try to go down there and get the score. Um, Some of the numbers are out from Pro Football Focus, courtesy of Husker Online. And it's weird because sometimes you'll watch a game, and listen, Pro Football Focus isn't always perfect. There's not. You'll watch a game, and you know you see some things in the way a guy plays, and then you'll go back and you'll look and you'll go, I don't think... I thought he was better than that. I thought Oshawn Mathis, who played 70 snaps yesterday, played his best game. I know he didn't get a sack. I understand that. Um I had him for I had him for three pressures. Uh and I call a pressure when a guy has to throw the ball before he wants to because of a defender. I call that a pressure. And so Nebraska, by my count, only had four pressures. Three of them were by number 32. So and then also he had a couple times where he got in the backfield. You know, he just, just missed maybe getting a tackle. Um, I I thought he played pretty well. He even had he did have a tackle for a loss because he had a minus one late in the game. But his grade was fairly average, 61.4 um overall. They had his tackling grade as a 35. Everybody's tackling grade for the most part was poor. Garrett Nelson, 39. O'Shawn Mathis, they had at 35, and Ty Robinson, second lowest at 28%. Or 28. Uh, Jamari Butler was 26.9, the lowest in terms of tackling grade. He only played 12 plays. Um, a lot of these guys played a ton of plays. Garrett Nelson played 81 plays, 81, and didn't have very good pass rush numbers at all. But it's weird because I thought O'Shawn Mathis played a better game than what they gave him in terms of their score. I thought Colton Feist had moments in the game holding up in the middle, getting in the backfield, making some plays as well. His tackling grade was one of the highest at 75.8, so that kind of accounts for that. But I thought Colton Feist played pretty well. Um, Linebackers and nickel, man, all over the place, you know. Um, Isaac Gifford played 71 plays. Mike Clements uh, played 64. Ernest Hausman came in when Heinrich went out. Heinrich went out, excuse me, 57 snaps. And played pretty well. Highest tackling grade on the team was Ernest Hausman. Six chances, six tackles. Congratulations to him. Um, You know, got to the point where he was a starter and then kind of ended up behind some guys, but got his opportunity. And when he got his opportunity, he came in there and played pretty well. And Henrich, while he was in for 45 plays before getting injured, had the second highest tackling grade at 81.2, right behind Hausman. So it was um, pretty good by those two guys. Hopefully Nick will be okay and be able to play against Illinois in two weeks. Um, Quentin Newsom, because of penalties, played 103 snaps. You know, officially it was 101 snaps, but because of penalties, he played a couple extra. 103 snaps. Uh, his overall grade, covering-wise, was only 52.9. That's because, you know, he was the main guy – um on Charlie Jones and Charlie Jones has 10 catches for 125 yards on 17 targets I don't think Newsom played horribly though um the way he was playing in some of those crossing routes it made it easy for Quentin Newsom I mean for Charlie Jones to get some of those catches so you know that's part of it uh Miles Farmer played 99 snaps um he's listed to have a sack Nebraska didn't have a sack so I don't know what what the deal is with that um uh, his overall grade was the highest among the secondary. Phelan Sanford played 61 snaps. I, there's no way he expected that this week. There's no way in practice Sanford thought to himself, you know what, I'm going to play a ton of snaps. He got them, though. Malcolm Hartzog, 48, had the interception, of course, too. Brandon Moore, 45. Marcus Buford, 44 before. He, had, he was in and out with his injury, so, um, and that's why Sanford got so many plays. Deshaun Singleton only played 10 snaps, but he got credited getting beat on two plays for touchdowns. That's not good. That's not, that's not good at all. That's not good when you're only playing 10 plays, but two of the touchdowns the team scores are, are on your ledger. That's not great. Um, but overall, um, the defense played banged up. We talked about it. When one of your best players overall doesn't play at all and Nick Heinrich, I mean, excuse me, in uh, um, Luke Reimer doesn't play at all, and then Heinrich goes out, And Buford is banged up. Miles Farmer missed a couple series, too, and he hurt his shoulder early on. So being out there and having to deal with not having your full complement of guys and then playing against that many plays is tough. Casey Thompson is is really interesting to me because, go back to Texas, too. It's the same thing. Makes a ton of big plays. Makes plays that you could consider wild plays. His explosives are off the charts at times. Remember that game they played against Oklahoma when he was at Texas? Some of the plays he made in that. But in the end, it doesn't many times account for wins, which is kind of strange, right? It just it just doesn't. And this is another example. He had a number of explosive plays, a number of plays where he did things that you thought to yourself, okay, that's outstanding. Um, but then he'll make the... Head-scratching play. And this is the third quarterback. You could really point to what Adrian Martinez did over his time here, what Taylor Martinez did during his time here, and now Casey Thompson over this just seven-game stretch. It's weird because you see the same stuff, and they're different, obviously. Taylor made more huge plays with his legs, but still made some dynamic plays with his arm. Adrian, a lot of his plays with his feet were broken plays or scramble plays, but still made a, b- a bunch of them. And then still made some plays with his arm. And Casey Thompson, for the most part, outside of that 31-yard rush he had that helped Nebraska get the field goal at the end of the first half, and then he had um, he kept on his own read for, I think, six yards. Other than that, I mean, his plays are with his arm. And with all of those plays he makes with his arm, he's going to have some that are... He's going to make a mistake. He's going to miss a throw. Duh, right? But it's weird. Look at those two picks. We've seen the first pick before. This is an example of Casey Thompson struggling a little bit with vision because of his height. And he admits in the press conference that he, and I'll play, we'll play the bite for you in a minute, but he admits he kind of lost the defender because he went behind somebody. He had Vokalek on an over route, he had a chance to make that throw, and he just feathered it up there, not seeing the linebacker. That happened earlier in the year. The second interception, and again, he'll talk about this when we play the bite, but the second interception, it just didn't seem like to me that he wanted that hit. And I can understand it. He's got to be tired of standing in there and taking these big shots. And this was an example was if he stays in there and he throws the ball to the sideline, Trey Palmer catches that, and I think based off of where the other player was, maybe he gets down the sideline. But instead, he didn't get all of it short arms it a little bit, it gets picked, and that's kind of a you know momentum swing in the game again. But those two plays, you're like, what? What, what happens there? One, his height. The other didn't, I think, want to really step into that ball. Then you have the play on the goal line. Elante Brown's open in the end zone. He's got to be able to make that throw. And he misses it, which happens to quarterbacks. But it's happened to him during his career a lot. It's the difference between him being a guy who wins a bunch of games as a starting quarterback and loses a bunch of games as a starting quarterback. A big part of it, of course, is the offensive line. We we, we know that. I'm not putting this all on Casey Thompson. But if you're going to be the man, you have to make the man throws occasionally. 16 of 29 for 354. Two touchdowns, bunch of big throws, two interceptions. Here's the thing. I, I just named three plays where he should have gotten completions. There are two or three others. There's one where Trey Palmer's running down the sideline, and he throws the ball out of bounds. He throws the ball behind uh, Marcus Washington on a play, and it was another play where he threw it low, and I don't remember who the wide receiver was. But it was a throw that he could have made. That's five or six more completions. All of a sudden, you're, you're 22 or 23 of 29 for over 400 yards. And it's probably a win. And of course the two interceptions don't happen. There's something weird about it. There's just some guys, and I know not everybody believes in the clutch gene, but there's some guys who are just clutch. Late, they're clutch. And I'm not talking about just football. You know those guys. You may work with them in your profession. They just have that thing about them. You know, the the great example is always Derek Jeter. For some reason... Maybe not the best athlete, not the best defensive shortstop, but for some reason he found himself in the right place at the right time and made the play. Casey Thompson has had the chance to be in the place but not necessarily make the play. It's strange. It really is. It's it's an it's a kind of an enigma. Because we see the talent, we see the throws, but then there's that one where you kind of just say to yourself, eh, I don't understand why that happened. Part of it as we went over earlier, is the run game. You have to force it at times. The song says, if it don't fit, don't force it. Don't believe that. No. Sometimes you have got to force it. Sometimes when you're inside the 10, you have to take shots running the ball. You can't just give your one of your best players 11, t- 11 runs. And that's what Anthony Grant had. You can't do that. You have to run the ball more. We see Ramir Johnson comes in for one play, at the end of the first half, gets 17 yards. Where's that dude? Where, where is he? That's it? He's playing on special teams. I would rather, and this is, this is not a shot at Jock Yant. It's not, I swear it's not. But I'd rather see Ramir Johnson get touches than Yant. What did Yant get? Yant got four. Give those four touches to Ramir Johnson. There's a better chance he's going to bust it. There's a better chance he is going to find the hole. I think mean, there's a better chance he's going to make a play, in my opinion. I would give, give those touches to him, but he gets the one. 15 carries for 63 yards, that was your running backs. That was it. 15 carries. That is not enough. And you could say to yourself, well, it's not being effective. I get it. I understand. I don't care. <laughs> if you watch enough football over the course of a weekend – High school, college, pro. One of the most consistent things is, even if it's not necessarily giving you a lot of profit, you still have to make the investment. Let me do like Mickey. I'll repeat it. Just because you're not getting the profit, you still have to make the investment. And they weren't doing that. and That makes it, that makes it tougher on your quarterback when they know the run's not going to come. It makes it more difficult on you in general as an offense if you don't try. And they didn't try enough, in my opinion. And I know how the offensive line is. There's also times where Anthony Grant had chances to hit some holes that he decided not to run into because I think he's so concerned with making guys miss that aren't there at times. So that's something that I don't know if he'll ever get over that this season because it's been so difficult on him with the offensive line letting guys in the backfield. But he still has got to run the plays where they're called at times. And he's not all the time. And that hurts a little bit. There's a lot to it. But you have to be able to at least try to run the ball. And that's something that Nebraska, earlier in the season, by the way, had some games where they were struggling getting some runs in the first half, even two weeks ago. And then in the second half, things turned because they stuck with it. Now, that was against Indiana, and you could say it's Indiana. It's not the defense of Purdue, but at the same time, you have to stick with it. Because sometimes that investment does turn a profit in the second half especially late let's go back to the phones 402-951-1620 that's where joe is this morning good morning joe how are you
1: i am good how about yourself
2: i'm doing okay man it's a you know it's one of those mornings <laughs>
1: yep uh you know a couple things you know you're talking about the run game and 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 casey thompson and i think some of this all tied together for one we sort of fell behind and each game each week in my opinion There's a flow to it, and if you can go get out ahead of a team like, say, Illinois, it really changes, you know, sort of how they play. And and we're no different because we're not a great team. You know, I, I like the fight that the guys had, but we're not. We're not a great team. Casey Thompson is not a great quarterback, or he hasn't shown it yet. And some of that has to do with, you know, the offensive line. You know, he's getting beat up, and you know, but. If I was to play Nebraska, I would, I would, and I've said this many, many times, I would stop the run, I would, you know, put a bunch of guys in the box and make you beat, beat beat, us with your arm, Yeah, you know, and it seems like that's been the recipe to sort of play Nebraska. So some of the run game stuff, yeah, our O-line isn't that good, but I think some of the run game stuff just isn't there because if I was to be the defensive coordinator to play Nebraska, like I said, I would. I would line it up, you know, to stop the run and make you beat beat us with your arm. And uh, the other thing I kind of wanted to mention real quick is, I kind of enjoy watching or listening to the game on the radio. Me too. Matt Davidson did an okay job, and I was willing to give DB a fair shot. What I liked about, and I didn't, I had to, I had to miss a little bit here and there, but uh, I liked his enthusiasm. I personally think our radio guys should be almost cheerleaders in a sense. Not, you know, they don't need to go, Kemp Pavel could go overboard, but I definitely want him to be pro-Nebraska, and I thought his enthusiasm and his optimism was uh, was enjoyable. I enjoyed DB uh, on the radio, so that's what I got.
2: Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. No, Damon did a great job uh, for his first game. Obviously, he's done lots of games over his over his career as a broadcaster, but first game on Husker Sports Network. I listen to the whole thing. I always I always record the game, uh, the radio call, and so I have it up on my computer, and I'm listening to it as the game's going along with the TV kind of turned. I have a TV up enough to where I can, if I needed to focus, I could hear it, but I pretty much just listen to the radio, and I thought DB did a great job. Um, he did try to find, and this is part of, I think your job as the color commentator for a team, he did try to find the positives in things, like, for example, early on, Nebraska being in the right places but not necessarily making the plays, that's a positive. I think he tried to find the positive in some other things as well. That's part of what he does. Um, he's always been that way, and nothing wrong with that. That's Other people don't do it that way. Other people, <laughs> they find the negative in things a lot of times, and, and they stick with that. But, no, that's, that's, that's not what Damon does, and, and it was great. It was a good broadcast. Um, I thought overall um, it was a game that it's hard to be bad, in a game like that, because you have so much going on and all you do is react, when you as a color guy can just react to things happening, or even as a play-by-play guy to be given that many opportunities to have big plays, you're going to be good at it. It's, it's the games that don't have all of that, that at times you can struggle because your brain kind of wanders a little bit at times and you lose the enthusiasm and adrenaline you have. That can happen, but not a game like that. A game like that, you're going to you're gonna be good. Uh, and they were. They both were very good. Good job by Greg. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll look at some more PFF grades. Also, we'll look a little bit more on what happened in the Big Ten and the crazy Big Ten West and what it means for Nebraska going forward. We're getting all of that as well. More on Severe Reaction here on 1620
0: The Zone. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help.